Today we're going to talk about Hotline Miami, which is about to turn 10. Double digits. Wow. wow. I feel like it just came it's... out. Actually. You feel like it just came out? Yeah. Well, not like just old. came out, but like, yeah. My, my brain says it's been five years, hmm. but it's been 10. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike. Like... Welcome to the show. Thank you. Are you uh, excited to talk about this game? Uh, I am. It is one of my top favorite games. And when I heard you guys talk about soundtracks on the previous podcast, my first thought was Hotline Miami. Yeah. And I was, I was almost disappointed. I was like, why aren't they talking about the greatest soundtrack ever made? Because <laughs> the game well, is well, also they... good. Is why we didn't mention the, it. Because yeah. the game matches it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, no, I, I uh, happy to be here. Happy to talk about it. I have a lot of a lot of fond memories and thoughts about the game. All right. Uh, released in October of 2012, Hotline Miami was made by Denaton Games, uh, which is a a duo from Sweden, if I recall correctly. What was your guys' first experience with this game? What was my first experience? I want to say. Let me tell you my first experience, okay. just real quick, because it, 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 I remember sitting on Steam and seeing that Kevin was playing Hotline Miami, and I messaged you, "Hotline Miami, what the fuck is that?" And you're like, "Dude, it's awesome." <laughs> that was that was my first experience. That sounds right. Uh, I I I want to say it just showed up on the Steam store, uh, and I saw the graphics, and I was like, "What is this? This is so weird," and. Uh, I think I just decided I'm like either I had read about it or I just decided to buy it and play it because I, I want to say I played it like when it first came out like like right away like right right like right when they like first hit steam I, I bought it um and I remember thinking like I remember my first thought was why isn't this a first person shooter why would you make a top-down game and like that's such a like hadn't played the game yet thought because like i would never have it be any other way now obviously <laughs> right like it's it's such a perfect top-down game it, would be, it wouldn't be the same as a first person shooter but that's like my first memory of is like it's, i remember seeing the hyper violent graphics and just seeing like the, the sprite blood and gore and being like oh this is cool i should try this uh maybe i'll like it like, you know i this is the game that i just a foreshadow this is the, the game that like changed how i really think about this kind of game like i never liked top-down shooters but this was the game that like changed my mind and perspective on it so yeah Mm-hmm. dived in cool Mike I had actually slept on it mm -hmm. to be honest um, I think I bought it like in maybe like a year and a half after um, and I was actually pretty disillusioned with AAA gaming and I had a fairly stressful job at the time so I was really just looking for something to play on my laptop uh, I was just you know it was, it was like it was like we did some crazy upgrade at work uh, stayed up all night kind of thing and I was just looking to veg out and you know like it had been on the store page for a while I didn't really know what to think of the graphics but I, I knew it would at least run on a work machine uh, and I was immediately hooked like I ran and found a mouse like after two minutes of playing it and I think I played like half the game in one night uh, and, and really it was it was the fast motion uh, the 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 quick respawn the music uh, it, it was just like it was just this whole package that I didn't realize I was missing um, and at the time as soon as I played it I thought oh this is the future like this indie games are what I thought you know all of Steam was gonna evolve to at that time like I, I you know I was just so excited about it. Yeah, for me it was um I was actually in the Peace Corps at the time and I had a 20 2009 laptop, I think, like 2009 Mac MacBook, <laughs> really, I think. And I just needed games that could run on it because I was going through like I was kind of like down in the dumps. I was at the halfway point in my service. I was a little bit like okay like the honeymoon phase is over i'm kind of uh in this culture i don't really understand or i'm just beginning to understand 
and I kind of needed some sort of escape. So I started playing a lot of indie games that could run on my laptop. And one of those games was Hotline Miami. And it was a really interesting game to play at that time because part of the surreal nature of my life, of being like this person in this other culture, living with the host family, kind of was reflected in the surreal nature of the video game itself. So that was my experience with it. Um, And also that time period was great, too, because I feel like I was experiencing... That was like an indie game renaissance, so I was like playing Undertale to a lot of those other fame Braid. Um, that that mm-hmm. was re- like that five year period really had a lot of great stuff. Yeah, I wanted to mention that too because I, I that's exactly I think that's why I bought the game too because I had played uh, Terraria a year before that and I was so astounded by that. And I also had played that year a game called Lone Survivor, which is a Jasper Byrne game. It's like a two D survival horror game. I really like that game too. So I think I just there it was a really good time for indie games that like 2010s time. There was a lot of games made on Game Maker. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like the one that I played before Hotline Miami was mm. Gunpoint. Mm. Um, which I can't remember who made it, but I think they worked at uh, PC Gamer. PC Gamer mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. I forget his name, but yeah. Tom Marks. And I I I played Gunpoint uh, on a flight to Chicago, and I I finished it on on the entire hmm. uh you know san jose to to uh chai yeah that's cool yeah also <laughs> uh papers plays was like a huge deal for me at that time too <laughs> that game was like oh, yeah. shattering yeah. i'm like oh that was one of those games are art moments yeah yeah no that's interesting i i, I don't think i played this game till like 2014 i saw kevin playing it and it looked cool but i think i was deep in something else i think i was like deep in dark souls at the moment i was just like literally putting hundreds of hours into dark souls but um when i first played it i was like oh yeah like i think this is the first game that made me think that like yeah like an indie game is 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 could be totally appear with a triple a game now i kind of think that like it's questionable if triple a games can be pierced to indie games sometimes but like like i kind of changed my perspective hmm. it's also a game that i always have installed yeah. mm. Mm. it's tiny um, i yeah, it's small. I have both uh, Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami 2 just always present because you could play a level, mm-hmm. you know, in a minute or two, and it's just as satisfying as playing the whole game. You could pick up, you know, a year from ever playing it, and, and you're still at that same competency. Yeah, it's true. It, Which, by the way, I never knew there was a lock-on. Oh, there is. Wait, what? Yeah, There's a lock-on? There is, yeah. Yeah. Was there Middle always a lock on? There was always a lock on. What? Really? I never used it. What? But there yeah. is. I just one. replayed it and I didn't. I didn't what? know about it until I played it on the Switch version, <laughs> which you can lock on on the controller. Oh. Uh, is that something they added though? Like that was present in the original version of the game. Well, I I just literally found out about it. Uh, like this week. Okay, you're blowing. I, I just found out about it right now. You're blowing my mind. I played this game like three or four times. I know, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> a lock on button? I almost wonder. Well, plus, like, I was, I was watching people uh, play levels, and I, I kept thinking, like, how are they so accurate? Mm. Like, like I'm spraying a machine gun around constantly. Like, I have no idea how they're, mm. they're taking people out in one precise shot. But then I noticed the cursor turns red. Hmm. So how do you... It's the middle mouse button? Yeah. Oh, weird. I'll have to try that after this. Uh, that, yeah, my mind is blown. So let's talk about the aesthetic of this game, the, the inspirations, the style. Uh, one thing I think that this game does so well, like Mike's saying, why don't we talk about it when we're talking about music, is because I feel like this game is so holistically like 10 out of 10 on every... Everything is hitting like all its marks, and they're all reinforcing each other in such a good way that... like it's like just such a complete product um, or work of art. But uh, yeah, the influences, what do you guys, what do you guys see? What do you feel? Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Drive. <laughs> like hands, hands down jacket, you know? Mm-hmm. I am. Um, yeah. I, Michael Mann. I hadn't seen, still haven't seen that movie. So mm. um, I didn't, <laughs> I, so I didn't know what to make of it. It felt very surreal to me. Uh, that was what I, took out of it but apparently they yeah intentionally are trying to make it like david lynch which i didn't yeah. know but i can see that and that's 
that's definitely how I felt when you sort of reach that uh, critical halfway point, I think. Um, when, when, when Beard basically tells you, like, none of this is real, like, before you wake up in the hospital, like, I just kind of thought it was this, you know, standard, like, okay, I'm a hitman, you know, like, I didn't really think about it. I didn't think about the violence that I was causing. I, I, I literally thought, like, this is just an arcade game. Um, but as it progressed, I started to feel like I was playing a David Lynch movie. Yeah. I think, like, Commando, uh, Miami Vice, like, mm-hmm. like just a ton of 80s action movies seemed like they were... Oh, yeah. Uh, they were there in spirit. Yeah. Um, I do kind of like to... Because uh, one thing I like about the movie Drive is that the movie kind of starts with you rooting for Ryan Gosling but then like as the movie progresses you think he's kind of just a psychopath <laughs> you know very much yeah and <laughs> he's just a psychopath and uh the, I think the game has the same trajectory where you're you're on the side of your character but then yeah you're like oh no this is probably just the mind of a psychopath this is how a psychopath would see the world right mm-hmm. <laughs> jacket yeah hmm. this Especially them seeing themselves as a hero in a sense, right? Like rescuing the girl. When you were, but but you're right. Like like a complete psychopath. Yeah. When you were playing it, did like the story make any sense to you? Because my first playthrough, it was kind of like playing. I mean, it was. I hate to say it, it was. Like, it kind of reminded me playing a FromSoft game where I didn't know. I had no idea what was happening. It was like I was like, it was just fun to play it, and I was playing through it. But like, yep, I remember like. You know, we're like, oh, someone calls you. You're like, oh, we need you to get, we need to go babysit some kids on the street. We really need to get, we really need to get through to these little rascals. It's <laughs> <was> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? How does that have anything to do with me going <laughs> killing everyone with masks on? What is that? It's <laughs> connected. Yeah, I was actually skipping a lot of the dialogue just because you know, like, like I mean, at the time, I thought like this is unimportant. This is just. This is filler. Yeah, someone's leaving me messages, and you know, then I go and kill everybody in a building. Um, but once once it finally started to click that there was a whole meta conversation, yeah. like I, I I had to pause and start from the beginning again, right? Because I thought, no, wait, like I'm 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 missing all of these little details. Um, and I think, like within the first month I had it, I probably played the game like three or four times end to end just to like really soak it all in hmm. it, it really caught me off guard how how well it was done and all of the conversations and sort of like messages in there like they were they were meaningful did you yeah i also kind of get whiffs of uh videodrome from uh mm. david cronenberg's videodrome from it especially mm. how reality literally starts to melt at the ba- back end of that game uh, mm-hmm. I just think it's just I, I just love that concept of how a character perceives reality and that how that's reflective of the character's mindset and how that all melts at the end. I thought that was really inspired as well. Yeah. Did you guys get the quote true ending where you get all the puzzle pieces? Yeah. OK. Oh, really? You went through and did all that? Yeah, I did, yeah. I did too. I found all of those pieces, and they are, and like, uh, I was trying to do it this last playthrough, um, but those puzzle pieces are incredibly hard mm-hmm. to spot. I don't know why. They like, they're they're just these these little cubes, uh, these little like four by four or two by two pixels, and uh, they are super hard to find. Mm. So the, the the first time that I collected all of them and entered in the password and got the true ending, um, like I had to look all that up. I, I, I oh yeah, I did not find yeah. it on my own. Can we just talk though? About... Oh wait, I did I did do that. I t- yeah I did do that. I didn't do it for like my recent playthrough, but I did do that in the Peace Corps because I was so so bored hmm. at that time. So <laughs> so I did do that. I, I remember. I just wanted to ask you guys about the endings and the differences between the two of the, the, the fake ending and the real ending. The, the real ending being that, oh, it's actually a plot to stop the Russian, you know, influence on the country and all that stuff. But the, the fake ending or the non-puzzle piece ending is just the developers literally saying, we told you to do it so you could do it. It's like there's a game. 
Right. Like, yeah. I thought that was actually yeah, a better yeah. ending than the plot ending. The meta ending? I like the meta ending do more. Want... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do one of you guys think you could sum up the story? Mike, maybe you have... Uh, I, I realize it's hard I'm asking because I don't think I could do it <laughs> successfully, but... No. Uh, so, okay. Uh, there's an organization called 50 Blessings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be sort of like this, you know, uh, American nationalist driven organization. Um, there is a political party uh, like the American Russo organization or front or something like that, um, that they're just trying to foster relationships between the two countries. But uh, 50 Blessings is very much against this. So they just reach out to people, uh, leave messages um, so there's jacket and then there's um biker biker yeah and the and those are the two people that you play those those are two people that you know follow through with the messages mm-hmm. uh and i i i think jacket is a little bit more psychopathic uh because he doesn't question it whereas biker actually does question it and wants to get out from underneath it throughout the game you also find other people that were either being interrogated by the Russians or captured by the police that were also wearing masks. So it it just sort of seems to be part of like what 50 Blessings is trying to do. And then as Kevin mentioned, at the end, uh, you meet the two developers masquerading as janitors, mm-hmm. um, and they either, you know, reveal that, you know, they're trying to take down the American-Russo relationships or the fact that it's it's all a game and... You were literally just playing a game. I think that's my best summarization. Here's a question. When you, the first time you fight biker, you kill biker. But then when you go back and play as biker, you kill jacket. Yeah. So is, is the story like, like everything gets weird after the biker fight. Is it the case that biker effectively puts uh, jacket in a coma? They both then, or is he in a coma later? Neither of them. They both put each other in a coma. Neither of them kill each other. Yeah, so I think like the important takeaway is that both Jacket and Biker are yeah, unreliable yeah. narrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you you can't trust their perspective because uh Jacket doesn't kill Biker because you play as Biker right. and then Biker doesn't kill Jacket because they both end up in Hotline Miami 2. Oh. Yeah. Spoiler alert. As uh That's <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's in prison, and the other one you just talked to. And mm. uh, Biker's face in Hotline Miami 2 is clearly yeah, is maimed. Messed up. So, yeah. So he did get whacked with a pipe. Yeah. Yep. But they both didn't kill each it's other. It's funny when you fight Biker as Jacket. Biker's very difficult. When you fight Jacket as Biker, he's, like, so easy. You just, like, kill him yeah. immediately. Yeah. Dude, that Biker yeah. fight stopped me hard this playthrough. I had to be like, wait a minute. I remember this. And I had to go and like look up how to do it because it's like one of the most specifically like prescribed fights in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. puzzle. I think basically. that. Yeah, yeah, like that and the uh, the mafia boss. They're just like you yeah. have to do them in very specific ways. Yeah, the mafia boss is a bastard. Yeah, yeah, I died a lot in that fight. It's that it's, it's that it's that katana yeah. lady. <clears throat> so um, the soundtrack though. Want to talk a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah. Um, when we Let's talk about when we that. were talking about uh, the game soundtracks, I mentioned I had a Far Cry Three. Blood Dragon is one of my games in that. Um, yep. And yeah. and Fantastic. it is great music. Um, and I mentioned that in my opinion, that game like it's kind of was helped helped push on this kind of scene and, and style of, of this like retro '80s music. But it's not it's not exactly the same. It's like in the it's like a prestige, like in the style of '80s music, but it's definitely like also its own thing. And I think this was the yeah. other game that really. Did, did that like just as much like a lot of the artists from this game are like were DJs and real musical artists I, I guess actually uh, Power Glove is too um, also a musical group mm-hmm. so yeah. um, it's just it's cool to that and I also I mean Paris too right by Paris is just like that's the standout song to me I love that whole soundtrack but Paris yeah. is like <laughs> that's how I'm Miami to me yeah all the stuff by Moon um, yeah. also worth pointing out that uh, Drive also had a oh yeah was, was, was doing this kind of retro wave like it, it, clearly there was some kind of groundswell of this of this music coming back 
and then it was mm-hmm. it was harnessed by different different other types of media like movies and games. Um, but yeah, the soundtrack is is incredible. It's not as you were saying, it's not a score. It's a collection of tracks from different artists, but it, it fits so well. Would it have? I like how the devs just just wanted to add music that yeah. they liked. Yeah. Like it was it was uh, it was almost happenstance that that music was chosen. They just you know happened to add it to a level when they were when they were making. Like, it. would this game have been the same impact without this music? I don't think so, to be honest. I well, I mean, the gameplay does stand oh, of course. out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think it it still would have done okay, but the music is really what. Yeah, I think it, the music really helps because. The whole game to me feels like this just like surreal fever dream and the music pumping yeah. when you're in the action sequences just really brings that up so strongly and I, I always really like appreciate that because the game's the, it's funny because I mentioned uh, that game Lone Survivor Jasper Byrne he also composed the music for this game he did all like kind of like weird ambient darker music that happens like in the more mm-hmm. downtime of the game. Um, but I also wanted to mention, like, on the topic of the music and the feeling of this game, was I, I really liked how the game's action sequences are very focused and, and fast-paced. And then you kind of have some downtime. You go hang out with beer. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, have some VHS. It's on the house. Like, like it has this kind of, like, nice downtime. Like, I, I, I like the pacing of the game a lot. I like how it's, like, this repetitive. You start in your house. You go do a murder spree. And afterwards, you go hang out with beer for a little while and then leave and go to the next thing. I also like how the music cuts from like when you're when you're playing a level, right? It's it, it's it's at full volume, and then it has like once you clear the stage, it has almost that like record scratch stop, mm-hmm. and it's it's not dead silent, but it's such a stark contrast that you feel relaxed, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh my yeah. gosh, I, I I did it! I just I just finished the level. I got everyone. I could calmly, safely walk out now. Uh, and it and it's such an effective um, cutover to me. I agree. It, it's kind of it's kind of funny speaking about like the hub world music specifically. Like uh, ever like the first time I played that game, every time I would like wake up and be like super tired, like I didn't get enough sleep for about four months. That hub world music would play in my head, <laughs> just the do 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 like because it just captures that fever dream quality that kevin was talking oh, yeah. about that feeling that, that you're just like in a kind of like a broken mental state yeah <laughs> they captured it really well i i think yeah i i was just say i still listen to that soundtrack uh today oh like, yeah it is it is is definitely one of my favorite styles of music at this point it's awesome <clears throat> i agree i really think that yeah. the developers for two people did a really good job of like selling a mood and a feeling like um whenever i think about games that i really like and had a, a big impact on me i always think of like what's the feeling that i feel when i think about them or like what was the feeling i had when i played them and hotline Miami is definitely one of those games that has a very distinct feeling which i really like it's hard to just put that feeling into words but it's like it's a good one for me Awesome. Uh, let's talk about the gameplay. This game is hard. Uh, Mary was watching me replay it recently, and she's like, "You just keep dying." And I was <laughs> like, "That that is the game." I think uh, um, the early 2010s kind of was the time where game developers started to think about death differently in games, like obviously with Dark Souls, but also with Hotline Miami. It's mm-hmm. really death. It's one of those games where death is part of the experience. Where you, th- that's how you get better. That's how you learn the level better. It's through dying over and over again. It's fun in that regard. Like I kind of like dying in that game. Like it's so iterative, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't like dying, and this is a game that taught me patience <laughs> and the appreciation of death and learning that lesson. Like I, I, I don't like I. I grew up playing, you know, adventure games, um, or games that were easy enough. Like I mean, I think I played The Witcher Three and I never died, right? Like it's yeah, just same. it's an easy yeah. game, right? And I, I liked that comfort and safety of it. Mm. But Hotline Miami like ripped that out of my hands, and 
for good reasons, right? Like I can play Dark Souls now and I don't I don't get frustrated. Um, I do still grumble and curse when I'm playing Hotline <laughs> Miami though, because that's just the experience. Yeah. I definitely died like 50 times in some of these stages, maybe even more. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's no counter. I kind of wish there was like like that thing that you get at the end of Super Meat Boy where it shows you your path mm-hmm. through the level. Like, oh, I guess yeah, maybe yeah, it wouldn't yeah. work because awesome. the, the stages are so much bigger, but something like that would have been crazy. Um, but like, it's such a like the way the music and the, and the graphics and everything come together, you get into this like flow state where you're just like rushing through a level, tearing dudes up, and then you hit the boom, you're a splat on the floor. Like, the, those quick deaths. <laughs> Um, it's it's magical for me. Like it's just like getting into that flow, just like you know, pulling off this crazy John Wick combo and the dead. Okay, I gotta do it again. And then I build on it. It's it's one of the it's first like playing games. guitar, you know. Yeah, it's from the first thing I remember playing where you die in one hit. Like I don't remember yeah. a game where you die yeah. in one hit existing. Before. I'm sure it's existed, but it was one of the first things I remember yeah. playing where I was like, "Whoa, I dead from that? I don't have a health bar. I don't have to like no heals. It's over." Where's my overshield? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I also like the masks oh, yeah. with the concept of perks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Tony the Tiger Mask, man. Like the you best. could just you could just wreck a whole level. Yeah, it's the best. He's <laughs> the best. But then some of them are really bizarre. Like I think the Mantis, where you have a drill. Yeah. And it's just it's it's laboriously long <laughs> when you drill someone. Uh, a, a game has such a a like hyper violence element too it's so gory and violent in like so many brutal mm-hmm. ways you can like cut people in half even with the swords and stuff uh well that in like uh if if you use a crowbar on someone sometimes they'll just like yeah. crawl across the floor and <laughs> right. then you can you still can finish them mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh incredibly it graphic is. Um, I remember Michelle saw me playing it one day, and this was this was quite a few years ago. But she was like, "Don't ever let our son see this," because <laughs> it was it was just it was that visceral. It was like oh, it's like oh, okay, all right. Mm. I, I actually think the violence uh, Hotline Miami is one of the few games that I've ever played where the violence actually disturbed me, hmm. like even more so than the Last of Us games. Honestly, like some of the violence in the Hotline Miami like really got them under my skin could see it yeah one of the few games where you can curb stomp um although i guess you can curb stomp in gears am i remembering that yeah, correctly you can, heads pop i don't know what it is maybe it's just the um i don't know maybe it's because you have to fill in your imagination like because it's pixelated yeah. graphics yeah but i th- also think part of it is just um yeah like so, yeah some of the violence is just very brutal you're playing like a psychopath and uh, you're killing people with like knives and bats and crowbars. It's just very, uh, it's very graphic. But I, but it's, but I think that's what makes it effective. Oh yeah, yeah. The sound design and the art for for the different kill animations is just evocative enough to totally paint the picture of what's happening in your head. Right. So, yeah. I and I feel like it's, it's it's designed to make you question violence. Mm. Because yeah. that's sort of the entire conversation that, that happens throughout the game. You know, like, do you like to hurt people? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is very effective in almost making you feel a little dirty, like a little filthy for for doing the things that you are doing. Hmm. Is it is it weird that, again, with this game, I'm like, oh, I kind of I kind of like the guts and the gore and the, the, the splatting. Like, it's the same problem I had with The Last of Us Part Two. If it's if it's too uh, visceral... I. I get too much, too many rewards, too much dopamine from it. But um, yeah, did the? I guess that's a question. Did the? Do you like hurting people? Which is like the central question from the beginning of the game. Did that resonate with you guys? Seems like it did for you, Mike. It did. Yeah. It did for me. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I answered the question. If it's in a video game, I do. If it's in real real life, no. But yeah. <laughs> if it's in a video game, yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> like, like hurting fake people. Yeah, not real um, people. No one's actually being hurt. Yeah, just zeros and ones. Well, like, so whenever I play a Bioware game, mm-hmm. right, like, I always choose the good path, mm. right? Like, I I, I like role-playing in a game being a good person. Uh, and Hotline Miami, I think it hits me a little bit harder because I want to be, like, a good person. But that game forces you to not be a good person, and it's fun. <laughs> so, so, again... 
it, it really made me question violence in in video games, violence in media, and like how how we really deal with it. It's funny because that the first game to do that. I'm just trying to think because no, I know like like was Spec Ops the line before Hotline Miami? I can't even. Remember. It's after. Okay. I think I want to say it was after. Let's let's check. Spec Ops the line is like more overt. I want to say in its uh, messaging, where it's like year. you could. Oh, oh, wow. oh yeah, they're both 2012. Interesting. Um, and then the Last of Us was like the year after. That was like that two-year right. period was the year of like, do you like violence? Well, you know what do it was like is it? a generation of hyper-violent games where you've got Nathan Drake just like murdering entire indigenous populations and laughing about it. So like. It, it was a question that had to be asked at that point, right? After, right. after yeah. five years of that kind of stuff. I could see that. But, uh, for sure. Hmm. Uh, do you guys find, I found myself on the replay. I, I love, I love playing with Tony the Tiger, which is probably cheating, but like, it's just so rewarding. Just run through it. It is, it is easy mode. Yeah. But I, I found my, <laughs> they actually had to nerf it. Oh, did they? In they did, part yeah. two. Oh, yeah, part two, yeah. You can't, you can't use a, uh, a gun or any, any weapon in, in two. Whereas in one, uh, fists are fatal, and you can pick up weapons. It's basically, you're just holding a knife the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did find myself using guns this replay way more than I did in the past, which I don't think is. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you have to use guns. It, it, it is. It is fun. But I, I like. I did find myself cheesing a little bit. Uh, I didn't want to, but then I would just do it. It just happened. I was just like, oh, I just cheese them. Oops. Um, did you guys find yourself cheesing at all? So setting up traps. I have a Steam friend. I look at the leaderboards. Back when this game came, I look at the leaderboards and try to like beat my friend's scores. And I have a Steam friend who plays a Richard only, every level. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You play with just what is Richard? Richard's is the, the chicken head with no perks. Yeah. So I decided okay. to only play with Richard, and it's kind of fun to play with just Richard. I don't know why. Something something satisfying. So the last playthrough, I only used Richard for all the levels. I didn't beat my old high scores because those were yeah, uh, was a little more in the hotline mode, but. Uh, that's what I did. I just played through with Richard the whole time, and I just played with melee weapons primarily. Um, Hotline Miami Two really made me proficient in the melee weapon. Just run, like run through rooms, smash through everyone, and just kind of like you just kind of cleave through the whole level. Um, and you get you get to that point where you can play aggressively enough where you don't have to even really shoot that much. You can just kind of like mm. cut them all down. Especially with the knives, the knives are really good. Yeah, yeah, the knives are amazing. I think. Um... Hotline Miami 1 seemed to really encourage melee combat, mm-hmm. I felt. And then Hotline Miami 2 inverted that, and it was it was al- almost primarily yeah. uh, firearm-based. Yeah. Um, but with this last playthrough, I tried to do every level with a different mask. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to fall in the safety of Tony the Tiger. Um, so, like, the horse mask where, uh, where, where you open doors is fatal. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. Did What is the the one where you wear the frog mask says it turns into French? But I didn't... What What is turned to French? I didn't, I didn't notice any difference. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. I didn't play that this yeah. this time through. I don't know. So I haven't I used that mask. There's so many uh, weird masks. We're trying. There is a lot. Yeah, there's... There's a mole one where it's just darker. Oh god, <laughs> it's, it's harder. Yeah, that's like all of their like uh, ideas they had for the game for mechanics. We're like, oh, let's make a mess, probably. Um, actually, so I think it was, um, the publisher that sort of announced like, oh, when you get a mask, you'll have a different perk, and the developers didn't do that, so we we're like, oh crap, we have to, <laughs> we have to quickly, uh, add on a little. Uh, a little perk or power up for for each mask, but a lot of the masks are uh, modeled after like their friends. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wait, how? Uh, either either by the name or the design. Like it's just mm. it, it, from from what I recall, it was just sort of like tipping the hat towards you know people that helped them out with the games, people they knew in life, musicians, all that kind of stuff. That's like um, in Spelunky 2, you can find a room with like uh, like these four like little mascots or whatever, and they're supposed to represent streamers who really su- support it. So I can kind of see the same thing here. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, all right. Well, what do you guys think of uh, what do you guys think of this game's place in in history, in gaming history? Uh, forever immortalized. I hope it's. I hope it's thought of uh, in the same way we think about Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 one of the best indie games I've ever played. Um, probably it's one of the best games. Really, it's an incredible game. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Uh, I really do think it was a it was important in a lot of ways, uh, mechanically, aesthetically, all that good <coughs> stuff. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I think it'll definitely. I think it'll. 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 It's mark was left. No question. I think it's. Oh yeah, I mean it put like Devolver on the map, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, Devolver. Devolver has press conferences now. Fake press conferences, but press conferences. That, uh, you know, they got they got Hotline Miami to think. I think. That's uh, true. Yeah. I I um, I also think it's. I don't know. Again, that five or so year period. I want to say like. Between 2008 and 2016, 15, that was such like a renaissance of indie games, and it's and, and Hotline Miami kind of towers above so many of them uh, that yeah, I I don't think there's a question that'll be remembered. But yeah, it it really is kind of wild looking back on that time. Not to say that the indie renaissance isn't over. Still, so many great indie games come out every year, but like that year, it was like groundbreaking indie title after groundbreaking indie title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, it seemed like that was also the time when steam started to, to really promote and, and cater to indie, yeah. like, like, uh, I want to say project Greenlight was, was sort of launched after yeah. a couple of these games. That's true. So now we have, yeah. you know, like a lot more early access kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which is, which is interesting. Like what if we, what if we got early access to Hotline Miami, um, like when it was in its first initial revisions? Like, mm. would it would it have taken off? I don't know, because it was pretty rough looking. Oh yeah, you've seen early revisions of it. Yeah, because oh, it was Game Maker. Yeah, and yeah. Just, they, they're just using like utilitarian sprites and stuff. Pretty much, uh, I could I could imagine that it is extremely impressive that this game was made on Game Maker. I made a game on Game Maker many years ago, uh, and it is a it's a pretty strong tool. But like, you know, this like I feel like this is a game that's going to end up on like you know top top fifty, top ten lists, you know, like top whatever lists. And like Game Maker did pretty good for that. That's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I and I think of like top down shooters. It's probably like easily amongst the best that I played in that genre yeah have there been other games that have really incorporated like a lot of people say this game is like hotline miami and it like never yeah. really is yeah i don't know if i've played anything similar yeah to be honest yeah i don't think i have well, i guess there's uh i guess there's katana zero but that's kind of a ripoff this is side scroller <laughs> like, though yeah <laughs> right um, but it's like a lot of the same concepts yeah. Hotline Miami has very specific like physics to the enemies, the way they've hit the walls and slide and, and stuff that I have That's some game maker. I haven't seen that in other games in that in that specific yeah. way that they do it in this game. My friend Pedro, you know, was I think was sort of made to try and uh copycat Hotline Miami. Yeah. And it failed completely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did it? <laughs> I I played my friend Pedro is like the ultimate. This game's gonna be awesome, and then you play it for ten minutes, and it's like, oh, it's this is not it. <laughs> this is not that's, it. it. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> it was almost like, like they made my friend Pedro like like a trailer to see if it would catch, and right. it almost tried to be as memey as possible. Mm-hmm. And then and then you actually play it, and it's just sort of lackluster. It's like it's not. It's not actually fun. It's not challenging. Um, it doesn't really do anything unique, and it has bad controls. And the guns just have no punch. It's just terrible. Yeah. I, mean, I don't mm. want to say it's terrible. It's just not. It's just not it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do, though. To to make a game like this, it's got to have incredible controls and just like 
really good sound design and animations backing up those controls so the feedback is just oomph well well, Uh, i guess uh super hot i feel like super hot would probably be the closest but that's that's uh yeah i guess so i mean i just can't think of any sort of top down it's almost like unfair to call it a top down shooter because it's like a top down melee brawler (laughs) what it's like it's just like a top down action game but yeah yeah shooting and melee uh, it's interesting because like it, it looks superficially like a lot of games I played as a kid on like Super Nintendo and TurboGrafx 16 and stuff like that. But like none mm-hmm. of those games played anything like this. If they did, I would have gone, I would have lost my shit. Um, it's true. But yeah, hmm. Bionic Commando maybe. Bionic Commando, yeah. Operation Wolf. Um, so like when I actually, first saw this game, it looked it reminded me of GTA graphically a little bit, um, but. Oh, like the old like ones, the first yeah. One. GTA yeah, one, yeah, like the art, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it doesn't really play like them at all. No. Yeah. Plays much better. Mm. <laughs> GTA is a little clunky. They're fun though. I do appreciate that the AI in Hotline Miami is really stupid. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually that's that's almost part of the game. It loop. is, yeah. It really works for the game because it allows you to because because you die mm-hmm. in one hit, so it's like you have to plan out a little bit strategy in there yeah if they were hunting you oh my god yeah it'd be much it's it's funny because yeah i i literally like chop someone's you know head off and like he's just lying there with his throat bleeding out and the dude just walks back and forth over him i'm like okay yeah, like, I'm safe. Out and like... <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess i'm all right yeah. uh shit you guys want to talk about the sequel a little bit this is this is we're not going to get too spoiler on the sequel but we can talk a bit about that sure it wasn't as good, even yeah. though I like it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um. Uh, oh, you go ahead. I defer to you. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead, Orn. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I watched the no clip documentary on Hotline Miami, and I didn't know this, but apparently there was a really toxic fan backlash to the second one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I can a see shame. That. And, and apparently, like. It even deterred the developers from doing anything after that for a while because it was so toxic. Hmm. And I don't know. That's yeah. just like kind of tragic to me. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, that no clip documentary on it was really, really Should good. Watch that. Hmm. Yeah, and um, I've I followed one of them on Instagram, you know, for years, and he's just been very radio silent, and. The thing that I noticed right away in Hotline Miami 2 was, again, this meta conversation that they seemed to like to have was the fans mm. and how awful the yeah, fans terrible. are in the game. Like, they, they are horrible people, and they don't even... They, they almost, like, idolized Jacket for the, for the sake of violence, and they had no understanding of why he was doing it, and they never get the satisfaction and i did kind of feel like oh these are these are modeled after like basically toxic gamers like this is they're they're poking i mean they're not even poking fun but they're they're basically critiquing the people that played hotline miami and solely enjoyed the violence yeah they're like just bloodthirsty maniacs uh... basically those characters and they cosplay as jacket like they all are just wannabes and they just go out and commit their own murders just for their own violent fun's sake mm. that's like the same energy as uh all of the people who watched taxi driver and they're like travis bickle that's basically me Tra- uh, yeah. <laughs> it's God. just like oh yeah you missed the point of the movie but okay mm. <laughs> hmm. yeah the second game i've never actually finished for in part because it's super freaking hard it's so much harder than the first game. Yeah. But the other reason is that, like, I, like, switched computers and, like, it didn't keep my save or something. And, like, you can't pick chapters. So, I, like, I went to go play it today and I was still at the first level. And I was like, all right, forget this game. Whereas I think there is Steam Share or, like, Steam uh, Cloud for the first game. Uh, it's funny because I, I've constantly thought of deleting my Hotline Miami 2 save mm. just so I can experience it from beginning to end mm. in the same way yeah do it because i i constantly forget which level i played last yeah 
Yeah. And it's just it's just too hard to keep track of. Uh, I I really enjoyed Hotline Miami too. Uh, I thought it was frustratingly hard though. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was funny that uh, in the no clip documentary, they had said that they didn't know it, but Game Maker ran out of memory, and it caused the entire game to slow down. So they made it harder, thinking that that was you know like the normal speed. <laughs> and so when it was actually released, it is it is much harder for the rest of us. Oh, did they ever correct that? Uh, I don't know because it's still frustrating. So that's why oh Game Maker. God. That's why Time uh, is so brutal. Yeah. So they were playing it like they were playing it like at max pain speed, and we were playing it at full speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, but, but but also like the other super frustrating thing about Hotline Miami Two was that enemies could shoot you off screen when they were well yeah. off screen. Well off screen. Like yeah. like 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 a bit unfair, yeah. and I remember being a tad frustrated about that. But I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed that like they did try and wrap it up. Uh, it's a terrible ending for everyone. Um, and they they still sort of continue the conversation about violence in media. Um, like, for example, I think you're the news reporter, yeah. Ethan, something like that, where, like, you don't kill anyone. But there's a point where he can start yeah. killing people. And then the screen turns yeah. red. And you can't back out of that now, right? Like, you're now a murderer instead of just, you know, maiming people and taking apart their guns. I thought that was super well done. I like that, too. There's one level in the second game that always really stuck with me, and it's, like, my favorite level of that of the second game. It's the one where, like, they're melting the bodies and the tubs and the acid. Do you remember that the level? And it just, it just has this, whole, it has this, like, creepy choir music playing, or kind of this, like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's called, no. it's called In the Pit or Into the Pit or something. Um, mm-hmm. but that level's atmosphere was just so creepy and and oppressive and just like what the hell is happening here? I just I wanted more of it. It was, it was good. I I, I really that level, that level more than the other levels really stuck with me. I remember. I think it's called Into the Pit. It's like a like a gator and like slime as the picture, like the VHS cover. Hmm. Is that yeah, towards the end? It's a fan because there's like an entire drug fueled level. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, at the that's end. a crazy level. Which is yeah, which is really bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of I feel like that those games do the sur- surreal drug fueled stuff way better than say like the Far Cry Ubisoft. games do. Ugh, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> the oh, yeah. Far, they just do like the stupidest uh, psychedelic levels in the Far Cry games, and they're like lame. But in Hotline Miami, they're actually really trippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think these guys are yeah, going to make another? Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm not. I was going to change this. I was just going to say, I, I don't, I don't enjoy Ubisoft's uh, dream sequences. If I could, if, if I could skip them entirely, I would. They're just, they're just time fillers to me. Yeah, it's their like way of saying, hey, we don't have, we can't do fantasy, so we're going to do this, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do you guys, do you guys think that these guys are going to make another game? Yeah, they announced one in December of 2020. They said they're making a new game. "Quote: It's a passion project, so I'm not sure who will enjoy it, but I'm sure some people will be horrified and others delighted." Mm, I think it sounds like Hotline Miami. <laughs> they said they're definitely not making a Hotline Miami three. I think that was like, like isn't there like a Hotline Miami three like joke Easter yeah. egg or something in Hotline Miami? In the zero? end. Yeah, there is. I do have a lot of sympathy for them because I, I don't think they can ever escape the hype yeah. of Hotline yeah. Miami. Yeah, yeah. So much that, uh, like, didn't one of them uh, commit themselves oh. just because of severe depression? Uh, Maybe. I don't know anything about that, but... I mean, it was, it was, it was after the release of Hotline Miami 2 and, and the backlash from the community. It, it really hit them hard. Hmm. So I hope whatever they make is almost under like a pseudonym or something, you know, like, uh, like Richard Bachman versus Stephen King right. where they could like quietly release something. Hmm. I feel like, uh, yeah. I feel like enough time has passed. I don't know. Yeah. Um, where you're not, maybe we've that. all grown up. Yeah. Though I say that. And then like star Wars, 
like continues to have the worst fan base so i don't know yeah, I, I don't want to underestimate fan bases. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I mean, just just go search Twitter. You'll find people threatening game developers yeah. all the time. Oh god! I saw yeah. a funny quote on the internet. It's a typical internet quote, but it made me laugh about Star Wars. It was said that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or here was another tweet that I saw. Like, uh, the only true Star Wars fans are the ones who hate all the movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, but uh, I see myself in this picture. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I do. I'm excited that they, they, that forever they make next though. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I hope I wish them luck. It has been seven years yeah, been since Hotline Miami two came out, and ten years since the original Hotline Miami, thus prompting this long jump. But uh, uh, I'd love to see them do something creative if that's what they feel led to do. If not, you know, Sweden's a pretty cool place to live, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully they're they're able to be you know comfortable and happy no matter what. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, they have uh, they have socialized healthcare in Sweden, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. they have yeah, socialized yeah. much in Sweden. <laughs> um, all right. Well, final thoughts on this game, I guess. Or I'm gonna get, I'm gonna hand it to you. Uh, I think it's uh, yeah one of the um, staples of uh, indie gaming, like one of the most important games. Like, kind of thinking about 2010's Pantheon, it would be like Hotline Miami. Papers, Please, Undertale, Celeste. I think Celeste was, maybe Celeste was after that. Like, you know, like there's like a certain pantheon and I think it's among like the seven or eight games that would be the S tier. Yeah. Yeah. It made my top 10 of the decade list of just, just games uh, for sure. And, and I think it's, I think it's, yeah, it's one of the few games that's really a holistically complete thing. I think like, I don't want to say Dark Souls, but Dark Souls, I think of maybe even what remains of Edith Finch, certain games that just like every element is propping up every other element, making it even better. Uh, this is one of those few games that really does that. So I think absolutely try this game if you haven't. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think it's one of those games that the the vibe and aesthetics are, are so strong that like if you were to show someone who played it like just like something from it, they'd be like, that's hot man. Like, they would know what it is immediately. Like it has a very strong sense of what itself what it is uh so mm -hmm. yeah i agree the mechanics everything about the game playing it graphics music all the fun stuff is really well really well made really fun play through it every yeah. i always play yeah. through it every couple of years yeah i really can't think of a whole lot of games that i went in with one expectation and was just completely turned around and made me think a lot about like what two people making a game were able to convey quickly um also the music like i i've seen magic sword live mm. in portland right like like it this this music was you know unknown to me in a sense and i'm so happy that this game was able to to push all these artists out out onto us like like moon yeah. I, I think it was like a kid when this game came out, he was like, like eighteen or something like that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Moon's incredible. Hmm. There yeah, were so many that's... like indie wonderkins during that time. Like the Toby Fox Undertale, he was like twenty four when he made that game. Mm. It's crazy. Hmm. Wasn't uh, the Binding of Isaac out around that yeah. time as well? Yeah, I yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think it was Binding of Isaac was like 2010 was like the first version, and then the remat. I think 2015 was when the uh, rebirth came out. I could be wrong about that. Mm. I want to say also uh, FTL was that time, which is I think it's the same oh, yeah. year. Good. 2012, yeah. 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 No, it was it was it was a good time to play games, and it was only about to get better. Uh, yeah, so. I feel like we're getting close to that again right now with all those indie games coming out that we just played this demo. It's just kind of like, it feels like another wave of good indies are coming. This mm -hmm. has been a really good year for indie games, uh, just in general. Like uh, Cult of the Lamb, Escape Academy are two that I just played. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know there have been others. When uh, does Signalis come out? Well, Stanley, Stanley Parable, Ultra Deluxe. So. Oh, that was also 2012, the original Stanley Parable, I yeah. believe. Uh, yeah, that was a year. Yeah, Signalis is this year, too. Yeah, I mean, I just I just started playing Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, I just finished Backbone as well. I mean, it's not new. You know, it was maybe released a year ago or so. But, yeah, no, like, there's, there's some incredible games out there. And I'm glad, you know, things like Game Pass um, promote those. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Hotline Miami, one and two, but particularly one. Check it out. Awesome game. Um, we can check them both out. You can get them on Steam. You can get them anywhere. And uh, Mike, thanks for stopping by. Good luck beating Hotline Miami, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, I still haven't beat it. I, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to beat it. <laughs> it's doable. Yeah. It's like if, if someone put me in a room and was like, you have to beat this. I was enjoying the narrative. Like, I was enjoying the, It was way more ambitious, narratively speaking. So I, I thought that yeah. was really yeah. cool. Um, but a lot of timeline jumping too. Yeah. It's kind of kind of hard to keep track of. But those those off the screen deaths that were just like okay, I'm done. And like the levels were so long. Oh my god, they had like five or six like stages. Yeah. So you're like just you're like, wait, did I beat it? No, another one. It's even harder. <sighs> yeah, the maps were bigger. Like it wasn't just an apartment that you're going through. It was like a jungle floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was like a twenty story building. You had to clear each floor manually. All right. Well, that's that's a long jump. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. All right. We'll be back.